Hi, I'm Richard Evans from EMC Arts. Here on the Arts Forward podcast, we explore the challenges facing the arts sector right now to do things differently, to do things they've never done before. Each month, we look at stories of experimentation and success from innovative arts organizations across the country. Today, we're exploring the team roles performed by individuals. We found in our work that taking a closer look at how teams function can be really valuable. The range of team role preferences that people have can be used to make sure you have a really successful team when you approach doing an innovation. So we've been using this tool called the Belbin Team Role Analysis, which helps team members understand the roles they prefer to play, the approaches they prefer to take to getting work done in teams. I'm pleased to welcome three members from a very significant team at the Cleveland Orchestra to talk about their experience with the tool. Chief Marketing Officer Ross Binney, Director of Sales Julie Stapf, and Patron Systems Manager Adrian Smith. Hello to all of you. Hello, Hi, Richard. Richard. So, Ross, you took this Belbin analysis with a team of how many people? There was uh, 15, 15 of us in our um, sales and marketing and communication teams. And what's the range of work that that 15-member team does? Well, the, the, the bottom line for all of us is to um, pull together to sell as many tickets as we can and create as many stories about the Cleveland Orchestra as we can to as many people as we can. What's your understanding, Ross, of what Belbin means by a team role? Um, so some people like to, to lead and some people like to finish and some people like to do the research. And um, uh, all these things need to come together to make sure you can take an idea and, and put it to market, if you like. Belbin defines nine different roles that seem to occur consistently in the way that people approach work. And in this tool, he asks you a series of questions to determine which you most prefer and least prefer to play. I think it's important to note it's not a personality test. Uh, any individual can play any of the roles, and preferences can change over time. But in general, we do prefer to play some roles over others. Julie, what were you expecting from this? Well, I wasn't really quite sure what to expect because I've taken, you know, as you referred to, Richard, a lot of these personality type of yeah. examinations before, but I hadn't really taken uh, one that examined the team. So I was actually very uh, excited and, and interested. And as a director in the department, uh, you know, I work with Ross and uh, other senior people within the organization, but I also have direct reports. So I have a particular interest in really knowing how people fit together and how their skills fit together, not just the practical skills, but the communication skills, the teamwork skills. Well, let's plunge a bit into the results for each of you. Uh, I really want to hear a bit about your most preferred roles and perhaps the one that turned out to be, at least in this administration, uh, your least preferred role. Ross, why don't you go first? What were your two most preferred roles? The two, the two most for, uh, preferred for me was the plant, which was extremely high on the preferred roles. Um, and how would you describe that, that role, Ross? It's, it's someone who um, appears to be uh, creative, imaginative, unorthodox, um, I um, like to solve uh, difficult problems. I like challenges. I like change. You're an I ideas like... man. I'm an ideas man and probably a very annoying one to people who... Um, no. <laughs> to, to, to people who uh, want some consistency and something more plodding, perhaps. I do 
potentially have a habit of um, coming back at the last minute and saying, has anyone thought about doing this and changing direction completely? Ah, yes. Um, I, I know, I'm a plant myself in that team role, Ross, and I, I know that if you come in at the 11th hour and saying, oh, have you thought about this? Yeah. Yes, you don't always get a welcome, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, one of the outcomes of the Belbun is I've, I, I accept that as a, as a personality flaw and a team role and try and leave them to do their job. So I'm, I'm not I'm, going to allow I'm you, Ross, I'm not going to allow you to say it's a personality flaw. We know this is not about personalities. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can do all of these roles, right? You just have some preference. preferences. It's some a preference. preference. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, 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 am much, I am much better moving the ball up the field um, and trying to keep ahead and letting, and letting others do what they do best, which is much more detailed work, much more thorough. I would be... Um, perhaps the worst proofer on the planet because of that. Um, that reminds me of your least preferred role. Tell us a little <laughs> bit so about much. that, right? Thank you so much. Yeah, well, that was a nice segue there, Ross. Thank you. <laughs> the least is the completer finisher, someone who, who um, uh, prefers to painstakingly, conscientiously and anxiously um, drive out errors and, and, <laughs> and make sure everything is completely detailed, which at the Cleveland Orchestra is an essential, is an essential component of our daily work. But don't bring in um, Ross Binney for that one. Do not, do not ask <laughs> Ross Binney to, to sit there and, and go through line by line about the, uh, the particular opus and, and all the spelling mistakes. Right. Let's turn to Julie. What were your two top preferences? Well, mine came out as monitor, evaluator, and shaper, which uh, explain I guess those to, take to us. Ross, yeah. Well, to take Ross's football analogy, another step is uh, while he's you know moving the ball up and down the field, I'm apparently the guy on the sideline standing there with the chalkboard and the playbook, and uh, working with the team to coach everybody about how we are getting from point A to point B. And I think we've learned that's forward. pretty pretty important because otherwise Ross would be all over the field, right? <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> but I noticed your second highest preference was for what Belbin calls the shaper, the, the role of someone who likes to drive forward the action and, and thrives under pressure and uh, goes for, you know, likes risk. Uh, you're, you're somebody who likes to move the strategic conversation forward. Yeah, yes, that's that's very true. And again, I wasn't really very surprised to see that because I suppose similar to Ross, I, I do like to challenge the group. And frankly, I also challenge him. Um, when he walks back into the room, as you said, Richard, with the have you thought about and I'm the one quite often who will either say that's fantastic. and We haven't thought of that or I'm not really sure that's appropriate in this situation. Right. It's one of those characteristics of the monitor evaluator role to look objectively at alternatives and make sure that we're, you're taking an action mm -hmm. with a really cool and careful look at alternatives and not just being swayed by the feelings of the people in the room. Also, well, you know, but to work with the team to sort of drive them to achieve and keep their eye on the, on the goal, on the right. end result. So that's where the shaper comes in. Yours was a very different profile from Ross's. He was saying there were hardly any roles in that middle area of sort of mild preference, and you could do that if you were called upon, but you have the great majority actually in that, in that area. Yeah, to see my skills sort of aligning really very much in that manageable roles um, area was sort of funny. But um, I do have to say, though, that in the end, uh, we have a chart that explains your strengths and your weaknesses and what, uh, under the possible weaknesses. <laughs> I, I have none, and I've been very proud <laughs> about that. Exactly. That's right. I noticed that in your report that, uh, yeah, maybe because you have 
you must have a lot of flexibility in the kind of roles that you can take on and you're not somebody who uh, will push away from a certain kind of work. So uh, if that's a surprise, uh, that's a, an interesting one. You do have one that's lowest, I think. Yes, specialist. And uh, I, I completely agree with that one too because I do like to be a person who is involved in all aspects of what the team is doing. Um, I don't really tend to want to uh, compartmentalize myself or to really be restricted in the particular uh, work that I'm doing or the roles that I'm playing. I do like to be in the middle of it all. And Belbin's specialist, I think, is about someone whose preference is to focus on a really narrow uh, kind of input to the team who knows probably more about that than anyone else but can really only contribute in that narrow realm. Yes, that's right. And let me, Mm -hmm. Julie, just follow up with one other question. You mentioned having done some other... Uh, tests and all that on a personality basis like Myers-Briggs and so on. Mm-hmm. What made this, if anything, different and from those kinds of tests or, or more than just a gimmick? Well, it, it gave you a, just a different uh, perspective, a different view. Um, ironically, Ross and I have the same Myers-Briggs personality <laughs> type. <laughs> but then when you look at the Belbin, we're, we're opposites. So that, uh, you know, is, I think, uh, much more illustrative in some ways. Uh, uh, I, th- I think the, the personality types are certainly very valuable. You know, when you're looking at yourself and how in your... Uh, you know, your own personality, but it doesn't necessarily explain to you how you work. Yeah. Let's turn to Adrian then. Uh, What about your top two preferences from this report? Yes. So my top two preferences have both been talked about. Um, My first was monitor evaluator and my second is plant. Right. So I've matched up with Julie and Ross there. I think um, sort of by definition in, in my role in our group of 15, I am the evaluator. So the monitor evaluator makes perfect sense. Um, you know, I evaluate the data and as a mathematician, ah. I um, go to the numbers. So whether, you know, someone feels passionately about um, one thing or one idea, for me, seeing all options equally and accurately, you know, that lines up to my my job and you, um, you, with you, math and you numbers. fit well with your preference there to a data data yes, based yes. kind of role yeah yeah the three of you had as you say some overlapping strong preferences uh, and of course mm-hmm. some differences what about when you debriefed as a whole team of 15 did you did you find anything different were there noticeable gaps or any other things that you learned from looking at the whole team ross i think um we we had less in the coord- um the coordinator category that was your lowest uh, as a team, I noticed, yes. Absolutely the lowest as a team. And um, I think I have the, uh, the – that is one of the highest of my preferences. So at least at least it's there somewhat. But I don't – that to me was a little bit of a surprise. What wasn't a surprise so much was that we skewed um, uh, quite so – um, radically between the sort of plants which were our number one, which is a little scary, and the um, uh, we had we, we have people who are the team workers, the implementers, and the um, completer finishers, which is which is the old school Cleveland Orchestra kind of staffing style. So I think it sort of showed up what we what we did have, and it also showed up sort of what where we would um, up potential pitfalls of a team is, is essentially teamwork where we can all get very siloed right. in, um, in how we behave. 
What about yeah. anything you heard from other team members other than the three of you? Did you hear anything that surprised you or added to your sense of what you can do with this? When we were going through the, the, the assessment and the breakdown and having it uh, presented to the team, there was a general sense of, oh, okay, yes, now I get why we're all like this. Right. It, it sort of reinforced exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, it was amazing to me how, how it appeared to be accurate. There was a great moment with um, Julie specifically because when I saw mine was skewing so to the left and to the right of this form, to see her right down the middle in all the categories I'm not, it's the yin to my yang and sense of, of making this thing work. And it's one of the reasons um, we, we, we brought her over here, someone that can um, uh, uh, push push the project through uh, and, and keep the plant at bay in a certain sense. And, um, uh, you know, that's... That was that was a great surprise, and actually one of the next things we should do as a group is have people uh, assess um, each other rather than do self-assessments, which may be a, a further interesting layer as far as I'm concerned. But I didn't have any other su big surprises. Did anyone else have? I think one surprise for me in looking at everyone's results was that uh, where does leadership and ideas, uh, where does it live within the team? And, in, and sometimes... You know, it just wasn't in exactly maybe the place that we were looking for. Um, it made us maybe a little more aware of some of our newer, younger, uh, maybe, you know, quote unquote, less formed employees who we really should be looking to for ideas. Right at the time that we took this Belbin test, we had uh, strategically broken down into a series of small task forces where we were working on uh, particular street strategic issues that the department is facing in our, our next season. And... Uh, we were able to look at those little those groups where when we had designed those teams, we had really looked at the skill level and people had been assigned accordingly. And then when we went back and we looked at our group after we'd taken the Belbin, we really came to a realization that our teams were not evenly weighted in terms of having people who were, um, you know, plants versus implementers yes. versus all the different roles. So we had teams where we had... It was just idea people, and then we all realized, you know what, this team is probably doesn't have a really good chance of implementing anything that <laughs> yes. they come up with. <laughs> it's so interesting, that, Julie, because I, I think that goes right back to Belbin's original question, which is why is it that different groups of people who are tremendously well-qualified and intelligent do well in some situations, and similar groups of people do really badly? And it's, he t you know, I think the discovery in all his years of research over, gosh, 20 and more years was that it's less about skills and personality, and it's an awful lot more about the balance of the team roles and whether or not the team therefore can function effectively, as you say, from the beginning of the project all the way through to implementation. So are you going to make any changes to those teams, or how are you going to deal with that, uh, those lopsidedness? Uh, we, we did make some changes. One, one was um, dissolved. <laughs> um, uh, and... I think I think for me the the way we we will use this information to make changes is to um, not necessarily have one team for the whole for the whole job if you like have different stages and people dropping in and in out in and out. There are meetings that I can tell uh, department meetings where there are people whose personalities now come up, uh, across on these on these pages to me who have no interest in the brainstorming phase whatsoever. Um, but are essential to making sure that we close, we, we complete the job. And I think the way we will change our team um, 
you know, our SWAT teams on on various projects is we will we will drop people in and out for to be the most effective we can be. Ross Binney is the chief marketing officer of the Cleveland Orchestra. Julie Stapf is their director of sales, and Adrian Smith is the patron systems manager. Thanks to you all for joining me. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is the monthly Arts Forward podcast. You can check out more on our website that features multimedia profiles of innovative organizations, a blog, and this podcast series, as well as much more, on artsforward.org, www.artsfwd.org. I'm Richard Evans of EMC Arts in New York.